If you're ready to say goodbye to being a boss babe or hustling 24-7, welcome to Life in Business. This is the podcast for women just like you who want an easy and effective way to grow your business that's built around genuine work-life balance, not growing a million-pound empire. I'm your podcast host, Libby Langley, award-winning business coach and Amazon best-selling author, known as the queen of easy business because of my sensible and easy-to-implement ways to earn more by doing less. In Life in Business, I share with you how to make small but effective tweaks, how to be confident in your business decisions, and how to make a healthy and guilt-free profit doing exactly what you love the most without working 14 hours a day. Get ready to make your dreams a reality. Here's this week's episode. Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of Life in Business with me, Libby Langley. I hope you're very well today. And, you know, if you're feeling a bit like you haven't got kind of all your mojo together, your money-making mojo is a bit meh, (laughs) then today's episode is what you need. What I'm going to be talking about is how to unlock your business's money-making mojo with, and this is the bit you'll like, with minimal effort. You know I am a min-effort kind of girl, not a max 24-7 hustle, hustle, hustle kind of person. I can't even say it, you see. It's, it's just so alien a concept to me. So mojo is something that... <sighs> it sometimes goes away, right? It's something that just sometimes is not there. And often it is linked to the fact that you're not bringing in enough money or the money that you want or the money that you feel that you should be bringing in for the amount of effort you're putting in, right? And it's not going to be the work that you're doing most of the time, because if you don't like what you're doing when you've got your own business, then I would hope that well, I would hope that that's not the case, right? I would really hope that you're doing what you do because you love it. And it's kind of all the periphery stuff. It's not the service in the clients that's the problem. It's the periphery stuff that gets you down, right? So it's this not earning enough. It's this not getting back what you want for what you're putting in, okay? So I'm going to give you a few points today as to how you can actually unlock your business's money-making mojo with minimal effort. And the first thing that you to think for you to think about on that is it's about you, right? We need to take it back to you because you are your business. So we need to take it back to you. And that is for you to be really clear on who you are and what you stand for and what you do, right? And it sounds so simplistic, but I bet you that if I said to you, what do you do? If you're one of my clients listening to this, by the way, absolutely, you will have no problem answering this question. But if I say to you, who are you and what do you do? What do you stand for? I am fairly sure that you would struggle to answer that absolutely succinctly in one sentence, right? And you're not alone in that at all. But being absolutely clear and having the clarity, conviction and confidence in that as well is really important. So because if you are absolutely clear on who you are, what you do, what you stand for, then it's going to be easier to put your message out there, okay? Because you're going to attract the right people and they will self-select as to whether they want to work with you or not. So let me kind of give you an example, right? If you are a photographer, 
And say on your Instagram bio, you say you're a photographer. Okay, brilliant. Amazing. You're a photographer. Now, how many different kinds of photographers are there out there? Okay. If you're not saying you're a photographer for weddings or a photographer for newborns, pregnancy and newborns, or a, somebody who photographs lands, landscapes and sells them, or a photographer for events, or a photographer who photographs food, or a photographer who photographs live action, I don't know, Formula One. You specialise on that completely. Sports photographer. You see how many kind of variations they are. So you've got to be really clear on that, right? And there's always a sort of hesitancy to niche, right? Because that's essentially what we're talking about. But you can see if I just use that for an, the example of a photographer, it makes perfect sense. And there's no like, oh, but what if I photograph live sporting events? But what if someone asked me about a wedding? It's like, well, that's not what you do. You wouldn't contact that kind of photographer, right? You wouldn't contact a sports event photographer if you wanted to have your wedding done. You'd want someone who specialised in weddings, right? So why, when it comes to your business, do you have a hesitancy to be absolutely clear on who you are? It doesn't make any sense, right? Because we need to do this niching. We need to do this, allow people to do this kind of self-selection that, you know, that you're the right person for them for whatever the particular need is that they have, because then you'll attract the right people. But if you're not clear on this, A, you're not going to get found in a search, right? Because you could be anybody for anything, anything for anybody, yeah? And you're not going to get found in, I don't know, any kind of directory or picking up on what people want and the vibe, you know, the messages that vibe that people are putting out there. You're not, you're just not going to be able to do that unless you're absolutely clear. And what you stand for, this can kind of be your your positioning, right? So if you're a photographer for weddings, wedding photographer, then within that, there are still lots of different niches, yeah, that you could have some quite fun playing around with. You know, you could specialise in weddings for older people on their second or even third marriage. You know, you could go for kind of grandparents getting remarried you know what a wonderful niche that and you could really specialize that and then it makes it much easier for what you're what you're talking about to be much clearer on that you could focus on doing lgbtq plus weddings it's all a niche and it's all just about what you know who you are and what you stand for and it's all perfectly okay to do any of this. You get to choose what you do, right? But that's the important point. You have to choose what you do, okay? Because if you don't, nobody can choose for you and nobody's going to know, right? Nobody's going to know what you do. So I am a business coach. I work predominantly with women because I just prefer it. And that's my choice. It's my business. And I help people to work a day less a week whilst earning the same or more than they do now. Okay. It's a really specific niche. So if you are looking for a business coach, who's going to help you scale to a million pound business, I'm not the right coach for you. And that's fine. Like if you are wanting a business portrait taking, then a wedding photographer isn't the right person for you. You see, you can see how it all kind of makes sense and 
and fits in. So the thing for you is to look at what you totally believe in and focus more on that. And I had a client actually, this is just such a wonderful story. I had a client who helps people with their their well-being. She's a nutritionist, helps people with their well-being. And throughout our calls together, the one thing that she would always mention was her faith. Okay, not not in a big way. It just kind of in a sentence, just fitted in with the other stuff that we're talking about. And then, so I said to her, "Why don't you talk about that more? If it's if your faith is so important to you, then why are you not sharing that? Why are you not attracting people who also share your faith? Because that's like a shortcut in a conversation with anybody, and you can also lean into the." the spiritual religious beliefs that you've got with with your clients and that makes it a far more rounded and more holistic experience and she said oh it'll put some people off and we did laugh about this because you know I'm an atheist so we did we kind of laughed about the fact that this was the business advice that I was giving it but I feel really strongly that you lean into whatever it is that you believe in and, and that's the person that you put out there so she did she took the advice and she changed her instagram bio and she talks openly about what means so much to her and it's just so wonderful to see because you can tell from the content that she's sharing that she really believes it she really kind of lives by it and um, and that's fantastic and that's much easier for them for people to self self identify that she is the person for them or she's not and i think that that self selection is is massively important we're kind of taking we're taking something off our plate trying to force people to decide and making it easier for them to decide whether they do want to or not right so it's so it's brilliant and it's easier to make money like that because you are just attracting the right people right and all it takes is you just being absolutely overtly honest with yourself and with everybody else not the you know not if it's too weird, okay? But <laughs> but embracing who you really are and being proud of that. And I think that's a wonderful thing to do. And it leads on from that, this specificity is, my second point is about having one core offer. And one core offer is going to make you communicating with these people who are able to self-select, self-identify from the content that you're sharing, that you're the right person for them. And then they just flipping well know what you do and what you can buy, what they can buy from you, right? So if you've got too many offers going on, if you've got five, six, seven different options, then that's really confusing. If you can't say clearly what it is that you help people with and what it is that you do. How the blue in heck is anyone else supposed to be able to know that that's the thing that they can buy from you? It's too complicated, right? And, you know, if you've not got a core offer and you've put, you're putting out five or six, people will always pick the middle one or the first one, the cheapest one or the middle one, okay? And if they're not really the things that you want to offer then you're signposting people to the wrong place. (laughs) And if they are the ones that you really need to offer, you really want to offer, why are you offering all the other things? Yeah, Trying to please everybody is not how to build a money-making business or even unlock or retain your money-making mojo for sure because it's really flipping complicated. And I've done this in the past. You know, I've had lots of tiers for things and you can VIP up and you can base rate down. And it's just, it's really difficult because if you offer a service, if you're a service-based business, then to not offer the full service is really challenging because you have to remember who is 
not on your full service level, right, which would be your one core offer. And if they're not on your full service level, but they end up getting your full service and all your super duper VIP treatments and everything, you're doing your other clients a disservice. <laughs> so can you see how how you're actually making it more difficult for yourself? And you've got to remember all the blooming things as well. I mean, if you get into a conversation or on a discovery call with somebody who's thinking of working with you and it takes you 20 minutes to go through all your offers, something is out of alignment there. So one core offer is a really simple and clear marketing message. And the more simple and clear your marketing message is, the more your money-making mojo is there and, you know, min effort, right? So think of examples like, I always like the analogy of supermarkets because that's easy for people to understand, okay? So we know that supermarkets sell food, right? They all do essentially the same. They all do essentially the same thing. They all sell food. Um, But their core offer is kind of their positioning, right? So if you look at one end of the scale and you've got Asda, for example, UK supermarket, it's cheap, it's bright, it's in and out, it's busy working parents, you're not going to be spending as much on the hateful chore that you have to do, which is buying, doing the weekly shop. That's essentially their kind of marketing message, right? And who they're aiming at. And then if you look at the other end, which is Waitrose, another UK supermarket, and Waitrose is, it does, uh, talks about price a bit, but only because of the kind of cost of living stuff that the media is talking about at the moment and people are obviously suffering a lot some people from it so they've changed their messaging very slightly recently but ultimately waitress and marks and spencers it's it's about having a little bit more luxury in your everyday life it's about just enjoying the experience of shopping having people there who will help you and take the time to 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 talk to you if you need help and it's not a rushed experience and yes it costs you more but it's an experience in itself right you go for a wander around and you know you pick up some fabulous cheese and some I don't know organic asparagus or whatever whereas and that's kind of their message right that's their core offer and it's very different to to Asda and they both have a market absolutely they both have a niche and they both have, it's really clear as to which one you're drawn to. And those are the ones in the middle, okay? But hopefully you will understand that analogy and it will help you to know where you want to be positioned in the world. And it's not necessarily about what you charge. I'm going to come on to that in a second, but it's not necessarily about that. It's about At this stage, this is about you being absolutely clear about what you offer, who you are, what you stand for, and then what your one core offer is. Okay, so hopefully by now things are starting to kind of fall into place and you can see perhaps where, you know, on the what kind of photographer are you? Well, I don't know. I'm all of those, but you can't be all of those. Okay, or which kind of supermarket are you? Well, I'm all of those. No, you can't be. And there's a reason that there aren't any supermarkets that kind of just appeal to everybody because you can't just appeal to everybody. The world doesn't work like that, right? So the third point in how to unlock your business's money-making mojo with minimal effort is about money. And it's about your prices. 
So you're clear on who you are and what you stand for, right? To allow people to self-identify. You have one core offer now and you know what it is that you want to be offering and to whom. And now what I imagine is that you're not charging enough for whatever that is. Because what I'm also imagining is that you are somebody who likes to give, right? You like to support people. You care about your clients. You want to make sure that they're getting the best service that they can. And that probably means you're over-delivering. There's perhaps a bit of people-pleasing going on in there. And so in order for you to be able to deliver the service that you really in your heart of hearts want to deliver, you've got to charge more. You've got to charge more. And particularly amongst women in business, and if you're a regular listener to my podcast, you will have heard me say this before, but women in business chronically undercharge, okay, across the board. And it's because, like there's the gender pay gap, right, in employment. Women are paid less than men. That's a fact. It's a hideous fact, but it's a fact. Um, still, unfortunately. And the reason that we carry that over into our own businesses and into our world of self-employment is because we're used to doing everything for everybody and we like everybody to be happy and we respond to the could you just, could you just do this? Because we want people to be happy and we feel guilty if we, you know, don't say yes and all this kind of stuff. Yes, resonating? Yes. So charge more charge more and then you can be at people's beck and call as much as you want. But actually, if you charge a bit more, you will probably find that you attract a kind of client who isn't so much in the, could you just do this, in camp, right? Because that just is the way that it is. And this isn't pricing yourself out of the marketplace. This is about you charging what you are worth, not that the amount you charge is a reflection or, you know, kind of the deciding factor for what you're, you're worth in the slightest. It isn't Your prices do not determine your worth. That's what I'm trying to say. But you should charge what the value of the service you are offering is worth. Okay, so what's the transformation that you offer? There's a few things that you need to do with this. You need to cost out exactly how much something costs you to deliver. Okay, so that's all the elements in there. It's even things like petrol to get to places if you need to go to places. It's about the software that you need in order to be able to deliver the service. It's about the experience that you've got in delivering that service and how easily, quickly, simply, explosively you can deliver the transformation to your clients, okay? It's not about an hourly rate because the more experience you have, the quicker you can do something or the more brilliantly you can do something, right, than when you're starting out. So the more experience you've got, you actually can probably achieve results for your clients more quickly but you should be charging more because you're more experienced. Yes? Think of an example in terms of, I was going to say doctors, but I don't want to be in any way um, contentious about or controversial about this, but you'll, um, this is not about how much in the, in the NHS people are paid because that's a whole different topic for a whole different conversation. But the majority of the work done in hospitals is by nursing staff and junior doctors, right? And junior doctors are people who are newly qualified up to the point that they become a consultant. So it covers quite a wide range. But initially, when they they kind of come into the 
health service, then you know they're, they're not as qualified, right? There's people who are more qualified than them, and therefore they're on the lower salary. Any job you go in, an apprentice, which I'm not saying a new qualified doctor is an apprentice <laughs> because they've already trained for seven years, but anybody who comes in at the beginning of of a, of a service, right, or a job, is the lowest paid. Okay, and then as you get more experience, so if you work yourself way up to consultant level, you're not necessarily on the shop floor as much necessarily, but you get brought in for the difficult stuff, okay? And I realised that this was a terrible analogy to use because it's fraught with caveats, but hopefully you understand the principle of what I'm trying to say here. I should have gone with a different analogy, but hopefully you understand that. And the thing is, the reason that the person with the year's experience and the expertise is brought in, because they've been there and done that a million times, okay? So they know what to do. They know what to do in the situation because they have real lived experience in, in doing it. And that means that they can go straight to get the answer, yeah, straight to this is what you need to do, and that is worth more, okay? For any any of us in any of our businesses, this experience is worth more. So that's why charging on an hourly rate is not, you know, it's kind of not a great way to work things out because it doesn't take any of that other stuff into account, okay? Your experience... Your experience counts for for a huge amount. So if you're costing out all those elements into what you charge, you you know things like your petrol, your software, your experience, anything else that is is a cost in in the thing, then you'll probably come out at a different price than you're actually charging. Okay, so it's worth looking at that. And obviously, the more you raise your prices to be reflective and you to be comfortable with them, then the more more money you're going to make with zero effort, minimal effort, because you're just going to be making more money for what you do. And it's going to be fairer for you because you deserve to be paid for what you do, right? You've got all this fabulous experience and skill and there's no reason that people should access that for free, yeah, in within your, within your business. So being clear on who you are and what you do, what you stand for, having one core offer that people can buy or not buy, yeah? Once they've self-identified that they want to to work with you. And then raising your prices to be charging a fair, a fair rate and, and what you're worth based on all those factors that I've that I've already listed. And that's kind of a three-step strategy to you know, having this money-making mojo. And once you've got that in place, and once you're doing that, and you're, you you can just go out and talk about your business and share what you do, and people come to you because it's so simple and easy to know why you want it. Just to, to give you the final example, going back to the supermarket analogy, Marks and Spencers, their food adverts, they always say, this is not just food. This is M&S food. And I mean, I can't do the voice, but <laughs> who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want food, but just better? I mean, people do. That's, it's so it's so attractive. So using that, that's why I like to use the supermarket analogy, which is singularly more successful than trying to use one with doctors. But that's why I tr- like to use supermarket analogies because it just kind of makes sense, right? We all understand and we all know which one we identify with as well, for sure, on the on the supermarket scale. So your business has so much money-making potential and it's just there for the unlocking, right? And if you are this kind of oh, ready to unlock, super chilled business that you, where you can 
bring in money with minimal effort, then this is the kind of thing that I help my clients with every single day. You can always book in a free 30-minute call with me on Zoom to identify the specific things in your business that you need to work on so you can make more money and work less, which is the ultimate goal for me, my clients, and hopefully everybody else in the business world, because it will make the business world a happier, more productive place. And that's what we want it to be, right? So thanks for sharing this time with me today. And I'd love to hear from you. I know I say this most episodes, but I really would. But you can always get me on Instagram at Libby Langley. Um, uh, The link's always in the show notes, as with anything else that might be useful to you. So do please get in touch. Tell me how you're doing. Tell me what you're thinking about. And I'm going to see you next time. So thanks ever so much. I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to Life in Business. Please make sure that you subscribe or follow so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you enjoyed today's show, please leave a review as it helps others to find the podcast and spread the word that there's an easier way to do business. If you want to chat with me about today's episode or suggest a topic for the future, I would love to hear from you. You can find me on Instagram at Libby Langley. See you next week.